What's up, guys? Welcome back to Blink Canvas. It's Mickey, and I miss talking to you guys so much that I said it's time for me to drop another episode. So much has been happening in my life, though, that it's been a very chaotic time to try to get you guys an episode. But nevertheless, where there's a will, there's a way. And I just felt like I needed to talk to you guys and give you an update. So this episode isn't particularly on one thing. It's just a combination of different and multiple lessons that I learned within this week alone. And maybe these are some lessons that, of course, I've learned through other periods of my life. But these are lessons that definitely I will say were reinforced within this week. But before I get started with the lessons that I learned, have you guys ever had moments in life where you sit down and reflect and you're like, my life is so crazy and chaotic that the stuff that (laughs) I go through, it could literally be a movie or it could be a whole book series and it can make bank. It could be a reality TV show. It could be some of everything the life is so crazy. It's just like cameras aren't there to capture it all, which I am definitely grateful for. But you just sit down and on my spectrum, because I watch a lot of Lifetime movies and stuff, I always have like this scale and there are certain levels of crazy. And like, if I reference like, oh my God, there are some moments that I have in my life. And I'm like, this is some Lifetime movie crazy kind of stuff that is happening. But nevertheless, um, we're all still here. We're all still alive. And God is always faithful and good. And that is why we are still here and taken and able to do the things that we need to do, whether big or little, even the simple things um, and the simple tasks throughout the day get hard when life can rain on you and cause a storm in the most unexpected times, or even if you're prepared, a storm is still a storm. But I am thankful to God's faithfulness. And that is why I am still moving along and trucking. And I'm thankful to the people who support me, because that is also why I am moving along and trucking. And yeah, I just want to just start that off by saying that I am very, very grateful. But let's get into some of the lessons that I've learned for this week. So the first thing that I do want to talk about is the whole Kanye West, Kim Kardashian thing. Now we know that they are getting divorced. It's very messy. It's very public. And it's kind of crazy and chaotic, if you ask me. And I'm pretty sure if you ask others. It's, um, you know, when it first started off, and I have to be honest, there were even some tactics that he did in the very, very beginning that even I laughed at. And I was like, okay, like, Kanye, you're being dramatic. This is, you know, like, this is a guy and his feelings. And how extreme is he being? Uh, Like, take a chill pill, bro. That's basically what I that's what I felt. And I did laugh at some things in the beginning. And then it kept happening and kept happening and kept happening. And it got to the point where I was like, this is not normal. I will say that my red flags went off a lot faster than I think most people's just because when you are accustomed to certain situations or you watch some of the things that I watch, 
you pick up on certain signs where to the average person it's like oh he's just in his feelings but at what point is he in his feelings so much that it becomes harmful to everyone else around him and we all know Kanye West um, suffers with mental health issues and that's okay you can still have mental health issues and live your life in a positive way you can still have mental health issues and find proper and healthy ways to cope with them where you don't have to make others around you feel unsafe and even put yourself in an unsafe and harmful situation so you know Kanye West has been leaking texts he sent threats to Pete Davidson he has literally done love bombing tactics where it's one minute he wants to be with Kim the next minute he doesn't um he will threaten her man one night it will send her a truck full of roses the next day he will go out with one girl one day and then he'll say oh my god I love my wife and I want my family back now not only is it baseline of extremely toxic, when you add the level of star power and wealth that he has and the fan base that he has and how dangerous it can get very quickly, it becomes really, really scary and terrifying. The blessing is, is that Kim has an abundance of wealth and she's in a position to upgrade her security and protect her children and protect herself and protect you know everyone that she loves around her but the average woman is not and kim kardashian is also in a place where she has a platform where she can speak out and say hey like my life is threatened and people would pay attention because it's kim kardashian speaking think about the average woman who does not have the resources who does not have the funds and can't look and say hey um, he's doing the exact same thing. My ex-lover, my estranged, my estranged husband or ex-boyfriend, whatever, family member, whatever it is, are doing the same habits that Kanye West is doing, but nobody is listening to me because I don't have that level of wealth. Nobody is listening to me because I don't have a platform to speak about it on. Um, Everybody laughs about it in my life. Like we as a society laughed about it, um, watching it play out on social media for their life. And I think of how dangerous, harmful, and scary it is, not just for Kim, because it's clearly really dangerous and scary for her, but also for the average woman who does not have these resources. I saw so many people that were like, wow, if Kim K has to suffer with this, what does that say for the average woman? What does that mean for the woman who's been trying to get out for years? And here's the thing. Um, a lot of people say whether it's a domestic violence situation or it's toxic toxic in any form, first, people, first thing people want to run to and say is, it's your choice to say, just leave, 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 leave. And of course, we all play our role and we all have to be accountable on our part that we stay and allow another person to do to us and everything. But people dismiss it so easily as if it's like a snap of the fingers, flip the switch. I can just turn off the love for this person. I can just unlearn all the negative things that has been put into my brain over the years or over the time that I've been with this person and there's some black and white answer. Um, 
pretty much every area in life, there is gray area. Even in stances where I may feel like this is completely black and white for me, I know deep down that even with that, there's probably still some gray area as to why the person did what they did, how did they become who they became, and so forth and so on. People are quick to be like, just leave, but they don't know that your brain, when you're with an abusive partner or a toxic partner for so long, your brain is actually rewired and everything is off. You have to unlearn these habits. Your chaos and your toxicness has become normal to you. Healthy feels weird, which is why so many people who come from toxic relationships and domestic violence relationships, they their next healthy relationship, if it is, um, they self-sabotage. They're like, this feels weird. It's too calm. It's not enough chaos. It's not enough emotional roller coaster. It's not enough up and down. And I honestly, this makes me feel more unsafe than the completely unsafe relationship that I was in because the unsafeness of the other relationship or the quote unquote that people glamorize and say passion and feistiness of it, um, that made me feel better. Or I'm accustomed to that high, that rush. And this, this healthiness, this calm, or it doesn't take all that. Mm, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Or you get into it in this pers- the perspective of, um, I'm waiting on the other shoe to drop because nothing this good can possibly be real. And this is, something's wrong with you. You know, like, it ain't me, it's you. Something has to be wrong with you. Like, where's your flaw? Where's your thing? And you can become a person where you're almost looking for it and trying to find the worst in the person just because you're accustomed to being around people who just naturally bring out the worst of themselves and wanted to put the worst of themselves out on you and literally did not care if it burned you. And it's so much that goes into it. It's not just a black and white situation. So the lesson that I want to talk about with that is, is let's pay attention to the red flags, whether this person has wealth or not. And everything is not funny. I mean, none of it really should have been funny because again, this is this is all of their real lives. These are real people with real emotions. And there is a level of dehumanizing that we have to individuals and human beings, period, but especially celebrities or especially people who are well to do off. It's like you have you have paper, you have money. There is no way you should suffer. Or um, are you really tripping about emotional stuff? Like my bills are getting turned off. Like get it together. We lack empathy and we we disconnect them from being actual human beings when you get to a certain status or maybe they're a certain race or a certain gender. We lose the basic level of empathy and that all of us are human and that no matter what level and status of life that you are in, you will have problems, you will struggle. And we all got to kind of try to find a middle ground or something where we should be able to look at like, the basic core thing is that we are human beings and that everybody goes through different things. And no matter what level you are in in life, everybody needs help and everybody needs support. So I I think the lesson with that is, is check in on your people, pay attention to the red flags, and um, let's not dehumanize them just because they're celebrities. And let's not forget the average person who goes through this. Let's not 
be like, oh, well, I'm sorry you don't have the resources to fix it. Let's help them. Let's the same way we'd be like, whoa, because we see it on a, you know, a bigger scale with celebrities. Let's have that same level of whoa for the average woman that goes through this. Because again, you have to basically unlearn all the the bad patterns, the bad behaviors, there's the financial abuse, there is the walking on eggshells, especially if there are children involved. If I do this, if I don't do that, are they going to harm my child? Will they kidnap my child? I think people underestimate how grimy and crazy these situations get. I mean, Lifetime movies don't come up for nothing, y'all. And all these datelines and CSI shows, they don't have consistent content for nothing. And we don't see these stories in the news. And if you don't, you know, listen to the news, younger generation on Twitter and social media for nothing. These things are happening consistently because these stories are real and people go through this for real. So just a reminder to pay attention to the red flags and let's not glamorize something that's clearly very unhealthy, toxic, and abusive. And um, he kind of has a pattern of it, at least so far in this, he has a pattern of it. And I don't want to dismiss that he has mental health issues and I don't want to dismiss that maybe his heart isn't broken. All of that can be simultaneously happening at the same time while he is still abusing the situation and being negative and manipulative and hurting everybody involved, including the children. So the next lesson that I definitely learned this week is about toxic positivity. Now, this is something that I heard about a while back in 2020. Um, And I think maybe because the pandemic and the pandemic pretty much leveled everybody, whether you were rich or not, because it taught you that sickness doesn't matter whether you have money or not. Now, can you afford to get better care? Sure. Um, But, you know, when death comes to knocking at your door, if it's your time, it is your time. And there is nothing that any of us can, you know, do about it. And so much was taken from us and is still being taken from us. And I mean, we're going on what year three now and we feel like maybe we're possibly going to get back to whatever the new normal is living with COVID but now we have the freaking war that's going on with Russia Ukraine and is this going to turn into a, a completely major war like we don't know inflation gas y'all gas is ridiculous I put gas in my car Let me be more specific. I put gas in my truck. It barely moved the needle. That was the first time I ever put gas in my truck and it barely moved the needle. And I just said, after I watched it, I just sat there and said, all right, all right. There's literally nothing I can do about it. We got to get this gas under control or everybody excited that they lift in COVID restrictions. So we still going to be in the house because who going where with five, six dollars, seven dollars, eight dollar gas. I saw in some places it was literally nine dollars. I said the devil is a lie. Clearly, somebody lying because it ain't it ain't gonna be me putting nine dollar gas in my car, <laughs> right? But back to the toxic positivity, they basically say that um, toxic positivity involves dismissing negative emotions and responding to distress with false reassurances rather than empathy. It comes from feeling uncomfortable with negative emotions. It is often well intentioned but can cause alienation and feeling of disconnection. 
And I do think that is possible. Now, is it good to be positive and try to see the good for people? Yes, absolutely. Like, and I think, especially when it comes to family and friends, our first thing is, you know, don't be sad. We love you. We want to be there. We want to support you. We want to do everything for you. Look at it from this. I know your life sucks right now, but just try to stay positive. Just try to stay focused. And of course, that's a good thing, but it also can have its negative effects because how how positive are we being? Are we being positive in the sense where, yes, I don't want you to go into this depression or yes, I don't want you to sit in your sadness, you know? Or at what point, because I think with everything in life, there are levels and there is balance. At what point does it get to, okay, you're so positive that I can't even feel the negative emotions to even be able to process them. And you're so positive that you're making me feel like my feelings aren't valid and I'm being dismissive. And I think that it can be very dangerous and it can also just be simply annoying. Like sometimes I'm not saying I want to sit in sad girl city forever, but dang, let me park my car for a second just to process that, okay, I am in sad girl city. What am I sad about? I ain't going to stay there. We finna hit the road. I'm not going to stay there. But I need this moment to just be here for a second to even be able to process the fact that I am sad. And what am I sad about? Because I also feel like too much toxic positivity will teach me to ignore negative feelings altogether. And then I'm not really dealing with anything. And that leads to a whole new set of issues that the positivity was supposed to help me heal and be better from in the first place. So I think, do we be there for our people? Absolutely. Is it good to have positivity and, you know, look at the glass half full and still it empty? Absolutely. But I think with everything, it comes with balance and we can be so positive to the point where it's like, oh my God, you know, like chill pill. Like I really am sad and I am valid to feel sad or angry and upset about the situation because anybody would feel, you know, upset about the situation or even if it's not anybody and everybody, I, the point is that I feel this way and my feelings are valid. And no, I do not want to stay feeling sad or unhappy and gloomy, but let me acknowledge it, process it, be here. Um, But still, thank you. Thank you for trying to, you know, look at it glass half full and be positive. I think positivity is always great. The lesson is, do everything with balance. Too much can be overwhelming and too much can be detrimental and dismissive. The third lesson that I learned this week is you need a strong we in life. And what I mean by this is we all need a good support group and people and people in our corner who we can trust to love us, give us support, give us grace, and do it and give us understanding with no judgment, no judgment. Allow that person to truly be themselves, truly show any emotion that they need to do. Even if they're repeating the same thing that they've said to you 10,000 times, and even if it's something that they already know, just let them. Something Sometimes the best thing you can do for a person is just their presence. And I will say, speaking from personal experience, I've had situations where I've gotten more from a person's presence than I did with them giving me unsolicited advice and opinions. Now, if I ask for it, I clearly want to know it. But there have been times where you talk to people and 
they give you their unwarranted opinion and or they'd be like but you already know this it's like duh I know this I didn't I never said I didn't I just said that maybe I needed to say it out loud maybe I needed to acknowledge that this is really happening in my life or maybe I put myself in this position again you know maybe I just need to say what I'm going through out loud and I just need you to be here people underestimate the power of sitting in silence with a person people underestimate the power of just sitting there and um, listening to a person sometimes people just need to be heard and sometimes people just need to feel understood and I think, again, everything has a balance in life. So we need to try to do a combination. Let's listen. If they want us to give an opinion, they'll either ask for it. Or if you're not sure, just ask the person, hey, um, do you just want me to sit and listen? Or would you like me to give you some commentary back? Not just out of 10, they'll tell you. But if they don't, I always highly recommend asking. That way you don't put yourself in the position where they're talking to you and they'd be like, you're just here judging me too. Or... I didn't really ask for this. You got me thinking about even more stuff that I wasn't thinking about before that I clearly don't want to think about now because I have too much to think about. You know, let's just check in and be like, what do you need from me? I think that's one of the greatest things about having a good and versatile we, which I think is very important. Your we should not think exactly like you, look exactly like you, have exactly the same background as you, which I know we all have different stories anyways, but if everybody in your circle looks like you, thinks like you, um, came from exactly what you did, and times it will create understanding and other times it will keep you also limited because you guys have only seen what you've seen and if y'all are pretty much seeing the same things, it limits you from how much growth you can really um, have and maybe different perspectives and maybe somebody else from a different race or culture or gender sees something in a completely different perspective of you or maybe they can give you a tool to handle it um, in a way that you've never been exposed to and that others in your life have maybe never been exposed to, but they can help you and you can go back and help the others in different ways. Um, You just have to have a good, strong, supportive we because sometimes your we may be too weak to carry you. They may want to be there, but they themselves have so much going on that they are too weak to carry you in that moment. And I think there is a balance with overwhelming your we because Sometimes I struggle with there's always something going on consistently in my life. And I'm like, do I open up and I share this or do I not? And at what point is it too much for my weed? Because I I want my weed to still enjoy me for me. And not every time I come around, it's like, damn, there's something else. Damn, there's something else. Or damn, you're sad about this. Like I want them to still enjoy me and still be able to know like, hey, She's going through something right now in her life. I can be there for the best of my ability, but I still enjoy being around her. Like, it's not always Sad Girl City or it's not always something where it almost becomes like you're annoyed to be around the person because it's like, okay, what is it today? What is the problem today? You can't even enjoy them for um, their greatness and the good parts of them because, you know, it's always something heavy. So again, it goes back to a balance in life. And the we, I can do a whole nother podcast episode on the different levels and friendships and, you know, the toxicness of it, how you look out for the red flags and all of that. 
But the main thing is for this week, to simplify it, you need a strong we. They need to be able to love you, support you, allow you to be 110 million percent you with no judgment and learn your we. Each, um, like if it's a group and, you know, different people in your life, what works for one person when you're their we may not work for the next person. Learn your we, learn your people. That way you can support them in the best way and always be willing to support them in multiple ways. Maybe in one season that they needed you to support them in this way. They don't need you to do it in the next season that exact same way. Maybe they need you to change the way you support them. So I think with all of us, it's about give and take, it's about balance, and it's about the best thing about being somebody's we, make sure that you are strong enough to do it, um, that it works better when you are a we to somebody who is reciprocated because it doesn't feel one-sided and drained. And also the biggest thing for me is no judgment because everybody goes through crap in life and life is going to have storms. It rains on the just and unjust. That's just a fact. And we all need people to get us through the storms and through the rain. And I think we need to be versatile in the way that we support. You can't say, well, I always support you this way. I'm not willing to support you any other way. You need to be flexible. You need to be able to adjust because even if it is, quote unquote, a similar situation that that person has dealt with before, every time they deal with something that they dealt with before, there's something in the details that's slightly different or it's something that will affect them differently because now other things are developing and happening because it's been such a maybe um, dangerous or toxic situation happening for so long that it's literally changed the chemistry in their brain or just their natural response to how they respond to certain things, people, and even their simple outlook on life can be different, even though it may be a similar situation. So I say always my two biggest things, love them, love them, love them. I should say three, love them, love them, love them. Fully be willing to adjust for your we and adapt. And biggest thing, don't be judgmental because the way you may handle the situation may not be the way they handle the situation. And again, you don't know what they've been through, why they operate this way, and how long somebody has been dealing with something. Or maybe if it's not even just specifically with this one situation, you don't know the the different forms that it's shown up in their life multiple times from different people and different aspects. And maybe they don't either. And it takes a therapist or a reflection to be able to be like, whoa, this is shown up here, here, and here. And again, for all of this, life is a process. Like life isn't easy. If life was easy, we wouldn't need therapists. We wouldn't need God. We wouldn't need each other. Clearly, we all need each other in these different things and these things that anchor us for a reason. So I just feel like we need to, you know, have a good we and just be there. Let's be there for each other because the life is hard enough. Okay. And the final lesson that I learned this week was, which this is one of the lessons that I've learned before in my life and that I've definitely noticed, but that stood out to me again this week is just that bad times make me run to God, not from him. And I know that some people, bad times, it makes you hate God and it makes you question him. And I 
I completely understand why it would do that. I get that wholeheartedly. I'm just speaking for me personally. I've noticed when bad times and hard times fall in my life, it's made me run closer to God because there's a certain level of what I've learned over the course of my life. Humans can only do so much for me. Humans can only fulfill me so much. We live in a fallen world. Humans have flaws themselves, including me, including me. And like, I can only do so much for myself. And I know that I can only do so much for others. But God is my source that fulfills me, sustains me, and gives me a certain level of energy, oomph, and just renewed fire in my soul that I need in order to survive this fallen world, to not hate human beings. Like I've had moments where I look at people and I'm like, oh my, you're what's wrong with the world. Look at me passing heavy, heavy, hard judgment. You're what's wrong with the world. This is why the world is the way that it is. Like I'm always on my soapbox about some kind of issue. And the thing about God is, is like, he reminds you, like he chin checks me real quick. Like, you know, you play a role in what's wrong with the world too. You may not do it in that way, but you have your issues and your flaws and you play a way into why the world is the way that it is. All of us do. I bet God be looking at us like, you know, all y'all play a role. And I knew that y'all would. I knew that y'all would live in a fallen world. Hence why I'm here with y'all. Hence why I, you know, I, I died and rose again to leave you guys with the Holy Spirit. Now, I do want to preface this by saying, if you don't believe in God, this um, lesson isn't to make you feel uncomfortable. This lesson isn't to, like, I'm not coming at it from a perspective of, oh, you don't believe in God, so sucks for you. Um, I don't know what you're going to have to fall back on. It's not that at all. It's just mean, I've made up a decision in my mind to love God out loud. Because God is not only has he been the only thing that's been consistently there for me without flaws or anything and always have my back, God loves me out loud every day. I want to be proud enough to love God out loud every single day and not be embarrassed. I think with me, I think that some people can talk about God to the point where it can feel overwhelming or it can be some people can talk about God in more of a Pharisees kind of way, like strictly on religion. Like God said, don't do this, 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 and this, but they don't really explain the love that God has for you. The, the grace and mercy that God extends, the provider, the giving you the supple, the, um, the supplication that you need when you don't have it in other areas or other people, like there are major positive impacts of God. And I feel like sometimes use him, people only use him in a sense to punish people or point out other people's flaws and judgment. And that's what I don't like. And that's what I try to work hard on to make sure that I, I don't want other people to feel that. Um, me loving God out loud, I hope just like it shows people kind of ask me sometimes, well, where do you get your strength from? And yes, I get it from my people and I may get it from myself and reading different things and um, whether it's affirmations and just reminding myself of who I am. But I know that I am the way that I am and my strength really comes from having God consistently in my life, whether it was good and bad times. That's why I praise him when it's good and I thank him in advance for getting me out of the bad times because 
he is always there. He is always constant and he is my light in my darkest times and my darkest hours. And whether it's me reading the Bible, hearing it broken down in different sermons. And I say, if you were scarred by the church, that is again, a whole nother podcast episode. I completely understand your pain because there are people who use God, tainted his words, tainted his ways, tainted his character and said, this is who he is. They they taught you wrong. They presented him wrong to you. So I completely understand why you probably wouldn't want to rock with God. Or if you've had situations in your life and you have this perception of there was supposed to be no bad because we serve a God, I get why you'd be mad at him too, because it's like, um this is not what I signed up for. But again, whole nother episode and that could take a while to explain for the people who have those moments. I get it. Your feelings are valid. I would suggest, and I, you clearly do not have to do this because I'm rocking with God either way, but I would just suggest if you've ever had those moments to truly learn God for yourself, it's not just about the rules. The rules are the rules that he placed for us were literally for our protection. He gives us the free will and choice to follow it or not. It's up to us. And I think that's a blessing that we have a choice and he's not literally like, you have to do it this way or else. Serve me or else. Love me or else. He literally gives us the choice to choose him. And I think that's something so powerful and so beautiful with that because that's how I try to approach life. I want people to have the choice of whether to choose me or to love me or to encounter me or to embrace me. I don't want it to be a forced thing. And I kind of take that into my basic um human relationship. But the most important thing is literally, do you believe that he died for us? Do you believe he rose again? And I say develop your own personal relationship. Yes, the rules are there to protect us, but God wants to know you for you. Of course, he knows everything about you, but there's another level of intimacy of when both parties are willing to, you know, build like God, having a relationship with God is like having a relationship with a human being or a dog or anything because, except even better, because this is the person who created you. This is the source, if that's what you believe. This is the ultimate source that you can consistently tap into where the well never runs runs dry. And it's something so powerful and beautiful about that. And for somebody to have the power to force everything to go exactly his way, and he still gives us the choice to choose him freely, I think that's love with in itself. So again, I say if you have been struggling with that, but you want to try your relationship without with God again, develop, focus on the personal relationship, how you view him, why you view him that way, and then work on building something that works for the both of you. And then, you know, you and God will do the rest. Cause I, I can't, I can't do it for you nor do I want people to feel forced at all. Please do not feel forced. I'm just speaking on my behalf of how God has helped me sustain me and kept me going. And I just wanted to acknowledge people who don't believe in God, that their feelings are valid because you don't know what was been done to them. Maybe it was forced down their throat since they were children. They were like, 
no way. Or maybe they had church experiences where they went and all they wanted was money and they didn't even know how, like, that's the only thing they cared about was profit. They didn't care about people transforming and knowing God and people really, truly being loved by God properly. Your feelings are valid and why somebody, you know, feels the way they feel and the way they maneuver, the way they maneuver, even when it comes to God, is valid. I just, you know... I'm just saying, if you are thinking about it, maybe try to focus on your own personal individual relationship with him. And um, yeah, as you go along that journey, you'll discover what you need because everybody needs different things and it takes different things to click for different people. And it's not my place to say, and I can't say, but I, I will say that I am going to love God out loud because people have no problem with hating him out loud. And it's just something that I want to be firm in and stand in and live on for the rest of my life. So I'm not trying to overwhelm you guys. And I don't want you guys to feel forced that, oh my God, like she's trying to force me to love God. Absolutely not. Absolutely. Because clearly if he's not forcing you to love him, why on earth would it be my place to do it? I'm just trying to share a different perspective for you. And um you know, hopefully it helps. Hopefully it helps. Or just give you peace about your decision to, you know, not wanting to go along that journey that your feelings are, again, valid. But like I've discussed, he's been there for me through the good times and the bad times. And I feel like bad times just give him the power to shine. I mean, of course he shines through the good times too, because you're like, I wouldn't have what I have. No, first of all, I'm not entitled to any of this and I wouldn't have what I have if he didn't bless me with it. But also during the bad times, it's just something about the world being so dark or the people around you being so dark and everybody telling you, you can't do this and you can't do that. And when you've heard everything that you can hear from friends and when you've heard everything that maybe you can hear from a pastor or a therapist or self-help books and videos and blah, blah, blah. Because, you know, information we can get at our fingertips these days, all of that can be overwhelming. And all of it can be um, and is a combination of what people have been through and the things that they have watched and seen and what society says is like cool and what's in now and how it should be. But all of that is ever changing. The only thing that's constant is the way that God is and who he is at his core. And sometimes we need something above us, something more powerful than us to anchor us. Um, and sometimes we need something above us and more powerful than us that stays constant to know that, okay, you really are who you say you are because you've shown up um, at your core and been the same person that you always have been, where even I and my relationship with God have changed and maneuvered and gone up and down. He is the only thing in my life that's been 100% constant. And I am grateful for that because it has been my anchor. I um, also heard a story about somebody this week, this very week. Again, I have had so much chaos happening in my life this week. It's been crazy. But in the midst of all that, God still does his thing as he always does. And I heard a story from a real life person and a person that I've seen um, throughout their childhood. They used to have really, really bad anger issues. And they were telling me in the midst of the storm, they said, um, I've been going to church. And I recently started going back to church again. And he used to have anger issues and he knew he had anger issues back in the day. He said, but it's really changed me. It has really changed me. And guys, 
I could see it. I could see it in his energy. I could see it in his being, his his mannerisms, his his thought process, his words that came out of his mouth. He had, in the midst of the storm, he had a level of peace that I know only God could give. He responded to situations not off of not out of quick reaction, not out of the flesh, not out of emotion. He had a certain level of peace, clarity, and it was just a beautiful thing to see. And he said, I've been going to church. And he said, um, he said, I've been talking to my friends who we all kind of respond the same way. We're hotheads or who we've, you know, we've all had different backgrounds and different, you know, situations of why we are angry at the world the way that we are. And then, you know, he even kind of got into it a little bit about men and the different things that they struggle with and that are put on them and how they're, they're forced to process in a very specific and certain way. And he said him going to church just taught him like, um, basically we all come from different places and we all have different things that kind of set us up to fail. But going to church and finding God for him has been trans formative in his life. It has literally transformed him. And he says that he had to find something to believe in. Again, that was bigger than him and something to live for. Otherwise, he just ran his life and lived his life and viewed his life in a completely different perspective. And when I tell you guys, I've known this guy through since like he was way younger, a child, his life within this short amount of time that he's been rediscovering God has been transformed into a complete 360. And it, for me, it was just a very humbling and beautiful thing to see because yes, I've experienced it for myself, but it's also something magically beautiful about seeing it happen to somebody else with my own eyes and it was a beautiful thing to see. So I say that all to say that God's light will shine in the bad times. And yes, his power of transformation really is true. And again, that was another clear example of, I think God allowed him to speak and use him during the storms that was happening in my life as a reminder of God letting me know like, hey, I'm still with you. I still got you and never forget the power that I have to transform and to make things better, you know? And I will say some of the best advice that I could probably give for when it is bad times is if you do believe in God, it's very quick to, especially depending on what is happening, you may be on a limited time to try to fix the problem. I don't care how limited your time is, five, 10 minutes, go sit quiet, find some time where you can sit alone with God and be like, hey, God, you clearly see everything that's happening. You clearly understand how I feel. Get in his presence. Watch the peace that comes over you. Get in his presence. Watch him order your steps. And it may not be as specific and it may not be in as detailed as we would like, but he will do it. He will help us. He does help us. He does give us peace and he does order our steps. And the thing that I had to (laughs) learn when it came to the bad times was it almost, I used to didn't get why sometimes people would be like the bad times, I get excited. 
you know, it makes me like shout for joy. I can shout in the good and bad. I used to be like, okay, y'all tripping. Like, I don't understand how you're sitting here shouting in the bad, but the older I get and the more things that I go through, I understand how they still praise his name in the bad. And it's because you basically, and I get the joy that they get, you get a chance to really see God love you out loud and, and work on your behalf in a way that for some people, they don't even have any person on this earth that will be their advocate, be their mouthpiece, love them in the way they need to. And God shows up time and time and time again to do it for a person. And I just think it's a, it's a beautiful and powerful things to see. And I think bad times are practically huge, huge faith test. And it's like, are we going to allow God to do his thing? And that's definitely easier said than done. As we all know, I'm a control freak. Um, I'm still there, guys. I said I was supposed to be working on it. I can't even lie. I don't really know how much I've been working on being a control freak, but I'm going to and I continue to work on it, guys. I'm going to try to amp up the level that I'm working on it. Um, I'm clearly still a control freak and I am human and I am flawed, but I am thankful for God's grace and mercy that has kept me and sustained me and clearly gotten me through. All right, guys, thanks for taking time out of your day to listen to Blank Canvas. As always, I am so, so grateful for every single person who listens, shares, and follows along with me on this crazy journey we all call life. I hope each episode I either drop some gems, we learn some things to do, or maybe not to do, or maybe you can feel seen, heard, and just like can relate. Like, oh, there's somebody out there that gets it. Also want to shout out, we got some new people in Australia that listen. Woo woo. Welcome to the Blank Canvas family and Germany, Germany, Germany. Y'all have been on the map, but I haven't put out an episode in a little bit. Sorry, life is kind of chaotic, but I just want to say what Drake says, 7 a.m. in Germany. Can't believe they heard of me. I appreciate the people who listen to me all the way out there in Germany. I think we got a few new states this week, too, in the states. All I want to say is thank you to everybody, whether you're in the states or you're in another country. It's so beautiful to see other countries because it just reminds us that no matter where we all live, we all kind of face similar problems and remind us that we're all human and um, life comes at us fast from every angle and every direction. Um, thanks, guys, for listening this week. We just did a couple of life gems and a little lessons, a few lessons that I learned. I hope that they helped. And I can't wait to see what we talk about next week, guys. All right. Bye. Bye.